You're listening to Show Me Your Assets. I'm your host, Dottie Dynamo, burlesque dancer and stripper turned personal trainer. This show is about sexy work, fitness, money, and everything in between. You'll learn how to train smarter, navigate body image in an industry that centers your looks, manage your money, and prioritize self-care and recovery so you can avoid burning out over and over again. While I have your attention, you should know I have the tendency to cuss like a sailor. So if you're in mixed company, grab your headphones because there's no telling what I might say. Hello, my sexy friends. Welcome back to Show Me Your Assets. I'm your host, Dottie Dynamo, and today we're talking about van life, about living in a van and what that has taught me about my money, about my spending habits, and ultimately about capitalism in ways that maybe I hadn't fully recognized before I took off in the fall of 2022 in my van. 2022? 2021. Math is hard. I'm a natural blonde. So let me just start off first. For those of you who don't know, and maybe that's because you found this podcast not through Instagram, um, but if you don't know or somehow you have missed it, I live in a van. So let me give you some background right before we talk about money habits and capitalism and saying goodbye to as much unnecessary spending as I have been able to. So about a year and a half ago, maybe just under, I moved into a Ford Econoline van. And at that point, van life was something that was on my radar that I wanted to do, but it was something that I had a goal to do in like two to three years. My goal at the time was like, I want to be living in a van by the time I'm 40. So you also just learned how old I am essentially. And the goal for 40 was it gave me a couple years to save the money to be able to buy a van um, and all of that. But then thanks to 2020 and the panorama and losing all of my work, essentially being forced into retirement, both from stripping and in gyms, because at that time, the bulk of my money, well, the bulk of my money came from stripping, of course. Like, let's be honest, I do burlesque because I love it. It doesn't pay the bills. I worked in fitness as well. Um, again, something that I was passionate about and really loved, but it didn't pay the bills. Stripping has always paid the bills like it does. So when I lost all of my work, all of my jobs were just gone because of the pandemic and living in New York City. And because I was living in New York City, things were, I don't want to say more dire, but they were much more strict, rightfully so, about keeping things closed. And there was no real clear idea about when clubs would open back up there or when gyms would open back up there. So I decided to leave my home of 13 years and I went to live with my parents, which was not an easy decision for me, especially because my relationship with uh, the parental units that I went to live with is somewhat complicated. But I went to live with them in order to protect the tiny but growing savings that I had because I did the math and I knew that sure, I could stay in New York City and I could continue to pay for everything and pay my rent, even though there was a moratorium because I didn't want to pay back rent. Um, But doing so in about three to six months, 
I would have no more money. I would have completely deleted, deleted, um, depleted. That's the word. My savings account. And as someone who was then in their mid thirties, that just wasn't an option that I was willing to do anymore. Had I still been like 22 and just moved to New York city, I probably wouldn't have given a shit, but I'm much more concerned about my financial security at this point in my life than I am staying in a particular town or city. And I really do just want to preface my privilege in this moment that I understand that I was privileged with the ability to leave New York City and go live somewhere else because that was not an option for many people. And so their struggle was much different than mine. And I think it's very important that that privilege is something that we openly talk about so that you can understand that like that your experience was never going to be my experience, possibly based on what your your life looks like. Just want to make sure that I am prefacing that. So I lived with my parents for about a year. And once I got there, I realized like, holy fuck, there's no way I'm getting out of this town. I really couldn't work because my dad has a lot of health issues. So until he was vaccinated, I didn't want to be working and possibly bringing something into the home. So it delayed my ability to make money. And suddenly I realized buying a van and hitting the road was the only real way I was going to get the fuck out of that house. And once I did hit the road, I ultimately had no income other than the little bit of money I had saved once I did start bartending in that small town. So that's what I had to live off of for about the first month and a half until I started dancing again. So it required me to get really, really clear about what I could cut from my life. And I also, I guess I also had, I sold everything, all of my belongings, literally. If it isn't artwork that won't fit on the walls I don't have in a van or a burlesque memento or heirlooms for my family, everything I own fits inside this van. So I sold everything. I wasn't going to pay for a storage unit because that was going to be an additional cost. So I really, really, really pared down to to the essentials. And because I had never lived in a van before, because I hadn't even owned a car in 13 years, I had no clue what I would be spending on average for gas or for groceries. Um, It was the first time in 13 years I had a car insurance payment, but also simultaneously I had no rent or utility payment. So I was entering into this with really no clue how far my money would go, what money I really needed, and what the landscape of my finances would look like. So from here for the rest of the episode, I'm kind of just going to discuss how that has changed for me, how living in a van has helped me get even more hands on with my money and what it has taught me essentially about what my spending habits are, what I can live with, what I can live without, and how ultimately my spending habits change when I am either living in a city and working or just visiting a city versus when I am living out um, on what's called BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management, which is free land that, well, free land, it is stolen land that we have the ability, nomads, people that live in vehicles, have the ability to live on generally for up to 14 days at a time. So the first one that I want to sort of talk about 
I generally think a lot harder about my purchases these days because I know how much I budget in certain areas and I know whether or not it's a month where I'm going to be traveling a lot, which means paying for more gas, or a month where I'm going to be sitting stationary in one place for a lot of the time. And because I have now built in the routine of always looking at my money once a week and reconciling my bank accounts, both business bank accounts and my personal bank accounts via a spreadsheet, I'm able to not only spend more in line with what I value, but I'm able to look at my money and be like, oh, I've been spending a lot of money in this area, so maybe I choose not to do X, Y, Z this week, like go out and to a coffee shop and get a coffee when I can clearly make coffee in the van. Maybe I just have one drink if my friends and I go out to drink because I'd rather spend my money to go to hot springs or spend my money to go to a national park or to get an extra tank of gas to go meet up with friends that are somewhere else. So I'm able to now look at and analyze my money and spend it more in line with what I value about my money than I think I ever did when I lived in a city, which brings me to the fact that I spend way more money, way more money when I am in a city. My needs... My needs do not change. My financial needs do not change when I am in a city, when I'm van lifing in a city, but my impulses do. And I mentioned this because I'm really curious for you to take note of when you're spending. Is it an intentional purchase? Is it something that you definitely need or is it impulsive? Is it just a quick item? Is it something that was on sale? So you're like, sure, why not? Let me buy it. Things like that. It's really important to start to notice our impulse purchases. And I can tell you, because I have the spreadsheets of money to show it, that I spend way more money when I'm in a city. I end up at coffee shops more. My impulse purchases do go up. I go out for drinks more. I hit thrift stores more often because I find. That the energy of being in a city has this weird pull on me. Um, Hello, capitalism. Hello, capitalism. When I'm parked outside, like I'm currently parked and living outside of a beautiful pond, randomly in the middle of the desert, and I have no desire to go spend my money because I have everything I need. I have a refrigerator full of groceries. I have books. I have art supplies. I have work to do. I have my cell phone to watch Netflix. Like I have all of my needs are and my bases are covered. So I have no desire. Like I don't need to go buy anything. But ultimately, the minute I'm in a city and there's stores everywhere and I'm like, ooh, I should go to TJ Maxx. Ooh, let me go to Ulta. Let me go to the thrift store. Let me go to these places. And it's literally, I find it's simply because I'm exposed to them because they are there, right? Capitalism is completely built on drawing you in and telling you that you need things. And it's really hard sometimes, not always, but sometimes to resist those impulse of things. I can say for certain though, that I am able to not buy things a lot of the times simply because I don't have the space. I don't have the space to put things. My space is limited. So If I bring something into the van, ultimately, I likely need to be getting rid of something. I, um, I know, I know for a fact that many of us struggle with this, 
right? If I have more room, I should fill it with stuff. If you go from living in a small apartment to moving to a big apartment, next thing you know, you're buying things to fill the space. And it's not even stuff that you need, right? It's not things that we need. It's just to fill the space. We feel like if we have more space, we should fill it. Well, because I live in a van, I don't have room for excess stuff that I will never use again. So I don't buy it just because it's cool or it's on sale or I kind of want it. Even when it comes to clothing, um, I am huge on buying clothes. I'm a huge thrift store person. I grew up buying pretty much 90% of my clothing at thrift stores. That's how we shopped. So thrift stores are thrift stores and books. <laughs> I have more books in this van uh, than I probably need, uh, which has been part of the the drive for my reading goals this year of reading one book a month so that I can start getting rid of some of the books that are in my van. But even though I have this this ability to want to go in and buy these things, if I buy a piece of clothing, I have to get rid of something because I don't have room for more clothes in my in my van in my space. So again, I'm asking you to think about your purchases that you're making and is it simply to fill space? Is it just because it looks cool? How often are you really using that item? All of these things are important things to note about our spending habits. And I can tell you that mine do change when I'm in a city. But one of the biggest caveats to keeping me from spending is ultimately that I don't have room to put something. So I'm more likely to spend on experiences like going to a bar with a group of friends or going to an event, going to a museum, going to hot springs, because those are things that I can have memories from. I can have that experience without needing space to put something. I also, these days, spend way more money on groceries. But ultimately, what that has made me realize is that I'm spending way less on food. It's just that my grocery bill is a lot higher. And what I mean by that is when I lived in New York City, I had the ability, I am celiac, so I had the ability to order takeout because there were a lot of restaurants that I could order from that were safe for me to eat at. But when I'm on the road and I'm going from lots of small towns to small towns, not only are is it really, really hard to find a restaurant that I can eat at safely, I know I'm better off just cooking in my van because I won't get sick. Like finding a celiac safe restaurant is almost impossible outside of a very large city, which again, sometimes my spending goes up in a big city because I'm able to eat out for the first time in months. And that is a treat. That's a reward that I get. But because I cook at home 99% of the time and I'm not doing takeout anymore and I rarely eat out, I notice that my grocery bill is much larger than it was when I was living in New York City, but simultaneously, my eating out spending is pretty much nothing. Pretty much nothing. I do, again, right, I said, find if I'm in a city and there are celiac safe restaurants, I go because it feels like a luxury. It's such a, it is such a privilege. It's such a benefit. It's such a a gift I can give myself to be able to go out to eat and not worry. And that's something that many people don't have to think about. I have also noticed and learned that I am able to put away so much more money towards my savings now than I ever did in New York City. So there tends to be this rule, it's called the 10-20-30 rule, 
it's like 30% of your income should go to covering your life expenses. Like you're just what it takes for you to live your life, 20% to savings. And I think it's like 10% to investing. If I, I know I went through and I did the math recently, I'm not going to do it again right now, but I believe 30 to 40% of my money, it's under half, but it's a large portion is going to savings and investing way more than I ever was able to accommodate when I lived in New York City because of the fact that my excess spending was so large and I was not prioritizing my savings. I was still using the I'll save what I have left over method, which I highly recommend if that is your current method of saving, you'll get the fuck out of it. We have to prioritize saving our money and investing our money because if you don't do it, no one else is, right? You always have to pay yourself first. And speaking of that, like why I'm able to put so much more money to my savings is because my rent in New York City alone was just under $1,400. And with my monthly expenses and I mean, not the full picture of my spending, but just like my monthly expenses on top of my rent. It was around $2,400, definitely actually more, probably closer to $3,000 for me to live every single month the way that I was living. And now, living in this van, living on the road, having much more, to me, authentic experiences where I'm able to really just enjoy my life and I'm not stuck in this constant grind, I live comfortably off $1,900 a month. And please keep in mind that a large portion of that is just going to savings, just going to savings and investing. So I'm learning that I don't need as much as I think that I need. And often, often the extra money I spend while in a city has more to do with experiencing the city and the surroundings than it does buying stuff. And I love this because one of my values of money is well, is independence and freedom and not needing to rely on other people. Those are things I value about money, but I value experiences, like being able to enjoy my time. And stuff is just stuff, right? That's all it is. But having a lot of memories, having a lot of experiences are things that I can do. So if I can look at what my spending went to when I was in a city and I can see like, oh, I went out to enjoy a restaurant because I don't get to do that often or oh, I went to a museum or I went to tour this thing, then I feel okay about the extra money I've been spending because it's in line with what I value, where I value putting my money. And that's another thing to get really clear on. In fact, if you aren't really sure about what your money values are, uh, I have an entire episode about building your values ladder. I don't know off the top of my head which episode number that is, but I will put it in the show notes. So if you're hearing me talk about what I value about money and why my spending is now in line with that, it's because I have gone through this activity from a book called Smart Women Finish Rich, and it's all about building your values ladder. So I will link in the show notes to the episode where I go over that. And I really recommend going through that and getting clear on what it is that you personally value about money because it will help you spend more in line with your values and have a more, I believe, fulfilling life and relationship with your money. So ultimately, in summation, what van life has taught me about money is that capitalism is really great at doing what it is intended to do. And that is 
to get you to spend as much as your money as possible. If you are spending your money, right, you are making these other people rich and often you're so distracted and you then don't have the money to invest or save or do these other things that help you grow your own financial freedom and your own I'm struggling with a word right here, so I'm just going to skip over it. We know that I struggle with words sometimes. But yeah, van life has taught me that I don't need as much as I think I need, that I'm actually happier spending on experiences, and that I can live off very, very little if I'm able to resist capitalistic endeavors that are purposely designed to get us to spend our money. And I know that can be very hard if you do live in a city and, right, you're going to be driving by a gas station. You're going to be driving by a fast food chain on your way home. You have to drive by certain stores all the time. There's all these cute boutiques pop up. There's all this new cute bar. It's really easy to feel motivated to spend your money, but ultimately you get to choose where your money goes. So, Figure out what it is that you like to spend money on, what you value spending your money on, and make sure you're putting your money in those places versus just throwing it away and making other people rich for the sake of them being able to because we live in a capitalistic society. I don't have a really great way to sum this episode up other than, I guess, much like stripping and sex work, fan life isn't for everybody. And much like stripping and social media and sex work and social media, it is overly glamorized. It is not always an easy life. And I love it. And I have no, I have no plans to ever going back to being a house dweller or a sticks and bricks, as it's often called in this lifestyle dweller. But I can tell you, if it's something that was on your radar before van life became super glamorized, I say go for it. Because you can always change your mind later. Just because you choose to do something doesn't mean you have to continue to do it. You're always able to change your mind. And that goes with your spending too. If you've been listening along to the podcast and you really enjoy it, if you could do me a favor and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and a rating, that would be amazing. It helps other people find the podcast. It brings it up higher in search results. And it just makes me know that you enjoy the content that I'm putting out. So for now, stay sexy, make money, and I'll see you on the next episode of Show Me Your Assets. 